personal finance presentation, personal money management overview. Prepare to get financially fit by practicing personal finance. We'll start off by defining money management as the day-to-day -day financial activities necessary to manage current personal economic resources while working toward long-term financial security. Let's break that down a little bit further. The day-to-day -day financial activities, so what we're doing on a financial basis from day-to-day, -day, necessary to manage current personal economic resources, so what we current have from an economic standpoint, what our resources are, while working toward long-term financial security, meaning we're doing the day-to-day -day activities in accordance and in alignment with our long-term security, our long-term plan. So the components of money management, this is going to be including storing and maintaining personal financial records and documents. We're gonna be creating financial statements. That's typically going to include the primary two financial statements of the balance sheet and the income statement and then budgeting, creating and implementing a plan for spending and saving. So this is where we actually get down to the activities that take place, moving away more from theory to actually what do I do on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, the documents that we get on a financial basis basis are gonna be needing to be stored in some way. We may not be storing as much in a file such as this. More and more, we might be getting PDF files and need to store them in some digital format but however we do store them, we need a filing system for the important documentation. We're typically going to be using some of that important documentation to create some kind of financial statements, meaning usually a balance sheet and an income statement to tell us where we stand at a particular time and what we have done over a time frame. The financial statements are usually going to get the financial records or take the financial records, records like a bank statement, investment statements, and put them in a more readable and usable form on which we can make decisions. However, we still need access to the financial records because if we want to verify what has actually happened or if someone else like the bank or the IRS or someone wants to verify what we have in our financial records, then in our financial statements, we will have to go back to the source documents, which will be the financial records that we will want to maintain in some way. And then, of course, we're going to take that information balance sheet and income statement, which represents current and past information, and use that to project out into the future, making a budget into the future. And that's always going to be our normal kind of planning standpoint. Just like anything you're trying to improve on, that'll be the usual process. We're going to say, let's measure exactly where we are as much as possible, as well as we can at this point in time and then determine what we think would be an appropriate next step to reach particular goals, budget that, we wanna plan that out in once again as specific terms as possible, and then we're gonna go back and see whether or not we are in alignment on a periodic basis with what we planned to do, and then we'll make another plan, and that's gonna be our process going forward over and over and over as we constantly improve our, our financial statements. So we have the personal financial records and documents. So we, these might be things like a bank statement, the investment statements, the credit card statements. We're going to take that information. They're going to help us to plan the use of our resources. They provide written evidence of business transactions, ownership, property, and legal matters. So these are the documents that are, are basically the source documents that we're going to, to use to help us to compile the financial statements and also to verify them. So remember, the financial statements are usually going to be the format that we would prefer to have, balance sheet and income statement. 
so that we can make decisions on them. We're going to make those, in essence, you could think of like the act coming from the bank statement. In other words, the cash flow going in and out of our bank statement from the financial institution is, in essence, what we're going to show as the activity as we group them into categories on our income statement. The income statement then is usually a better tool for us to make decisions on and plan into the future. But in order for us to drill down and see what that income statement is composed of, or if someone asks us questions about, say, the income statement, then we're gonna have to go back to the source documents, which can include things like the bank statement, which actually shows the money going in and out of our bank account and or back to source documents that we might have with particular vendors for purchases and so on. So we need to have both those things that are going to be present in order to create our financial statements to make decisions and also in order to verify and support the information that we have put together with regards to our financial statements. Then we have the personal financial statements. So this is us putting together the financial statements that generally will include the balance sheet and income statement. They will measure and guide your financial position and progress. So position and progress. So for example, if you're walking on the path here, you're in this particular position and you can see the progress and you can see where you're lined up going forward. If you continue on the path going this way, you can also measure what has happened in the past up to a certain time frame. So these are the two financial statements you're generally thinking about. When you're thinking about the financial position, basically your net worth, assets minus liabilities, that is similar to us saying this is where we stand at this point in time. When you're looking at the income statement, you're trying to look back into the past and you're saying, how long did it take me or how did I do in the last time frame, the last set of time, the last month or year? Where was I at a year ago or a month ago? And how did I get from there to here? So it shows us some kind of progress or a sense of progress from the past to the present. And that will help us then to plan out and say, well, what if I continue on that same course? Are there different things that I can do to change that course in the future? And that's, of course, going to be the budgeting process. So the budget is your spending plan for future money management. So once we take the financial records, we make the current financial statements telling us where we stand at the current point in time and how we've done in the, in the past, then we use that to basically look into the future and make our future budgeting process. So system for personal financial records provides basis for. So in other words, we, we wanna make sure that we have some kind of system put together to do all this, which would be including storing the financial records that we have in some way that are going to be relevant so that we can both make our financial statements from them and have the supporting information for them and then be able to use the financial records and then be able to budget into the future. So we got to put together this system in order to do that. And that system will help the daily uh, recording like bill paying. So daily records like paying the bills will help us to record that. So that might include say like a bookkeeping type of system to help us to determine the bills that we have. You might say, hey, look, I have a digital banking system. I can see the bills that are being paid out of the checking account. And you can, but that's kind of overwhelming. It's not compiled very well. You haven't grouped those into categories that can really help you with decision making as to if you put them into, say, an income statement and you thought about how much you spent on coffee instead of how much you spent on an in individual coffee shop at one individual time. That's, that's what the compilation will you know, provide you some more information of. Planning and measuring financial progress. So clearly, if you're able to take that system, take, your, take what you're spending, 
put it into some kind of categories that make sense, then of course you can use that to measure what you've been spending on and measure progress in terms of changing behavior in certain areas. Tax preparation, so clearly the taxes are something that we're gonna need to prepare. Those are things that are gonna force us to some degree keep financial records and to some degree change the way we keep our financial records to make sure that we are in compliance with whatever tax laws we need to be in compliance with and whatever laws are relevant to us in our current financial positions. So making good investment decisions. So obviously we need to know where we stand. We need to know basically the balance sheet and the income statement and then our portfolio of investments so that we can then measure our risk and whatnot and what our current and future goals will be to make financial plans, determining available resources for current and future buying decisions. So once we have this kind of set up, it, it, it's a lot easier for us to then think about, do I have the money then for current or future buying decisions? And we can be more comfortable, hopefully, with the buy-in that we have, that uh, that uh, we have, you know, a plan that we're within a certain plan, and we have leeway. That plan doesn't have to be completely restrictive. <laughs> you know, you could have a a plan that you know gives you a, enough enough spending leeway to do what you want to do, but to feel that you're within the context can be actually a liberating thing. So when you're thinking about your financial records, then how are you going to put together your financial records? We talked about the fact that you're going to need the, fi the financial statements and, and so on, the bank statements, and then you're going to need to compile that to make your, your financial statements and uh, use that to create your taxes and whatnot. So typically, if you're saving your records, and this might be done more digitally, or it might be done in a file in, in a file cabinet or with just files, you, you might want to break out your records to basically temporary records and permanent records is one kind of thought process or one division you want, want to put first in your mind, meaning the temporary records are going to be any records that I that are going to be there for a yearly kind of basis. So if you're just putting your bookkeeping together, you got your bank statements that you're going to have there on a year by year basis to make your financial statements. You got your credit card records, your bills that are going to be there. They're going to help you co to compile your financial statements. They're going to be stored typically from year to year. That's what I would think of as a temporary record. Permanent records are those things that you might have for your entire life or anything in essence that's going to be spanning over one year, meaning when you when you have a different file either on your computer or in your notebook, these are records that you're not going to have to like the temporary records you can kind of kind of make a new year for. You can make a new folder each year. The permanent records you can't make a new folder each year because you have a record in there that's going to be spanning multiple years. So things like a car or a home or something like that, records related to those types of things are going to be spanning over one year so you don't want you don't want to you don't want to store them in a folder where you have yearly information right you want to separate out the records that are going to be stored year by year versus the records that are going to be stored for a longer period of time so that's one thought process you could think about when you start to make your filing system whether on a computer or or you know a normal filing system outside of it so home file records could include things like employment records of course W-2s, any other kind of employment records when you set up the employment benefits and that kind of stuff, which once again, you're probably going to be in employment for a longer period of time. So you're not going to store that in like a year by year record. You're going to store that in more of a permanent record, something that hopefully will impact 
multiple years or at least has the potential to do so. So money management tools, you got the financial statements and, and budgets. These may be things that you do store on more of a year by year type of basis. We've got the tax records that, uh, that that's something that you might store on a year by year basis. You, and then there's, of course, the question of how long you hold on to them. When I say they're temporary records, meaning you store them in a year by year folder, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm saying you should throw them away directly after year is over. But when you file them, you're, you might file them on a year by year basis, as opposed to like employee records, where you're not going to file year by year, typically for because you, you might be in that same job for multiple years. So you might have a different, that's the filing system. So the financial service records, we got the bank statements, credit card statements, and so on. These are often used in order to create the financial statements. These are things that you might file once again on a year by year basis. You might have them as you compile things. That doesn't mean you throw them away after the year is over, but when you're, when you're sorting them, you might sort them year by year. Credit card, uh, loan, loan records, uh, credit records, loan records. We got the consumer purchase records. So on the purchasing side of things, when you're, when you're kind of trying to group together the purchasing, you might say, hey, look, that record is on my bank statement because it has all the detail from it. But really what you want to do is compile that information in a usable way. That's usually going to be kind of like the income statement. And so you're going to want to do your bookkeeping. So think about different formats that you can use for bookkeeping. We'll talk about different methods that you might want to do to kind of track your financial records, auto records, that you might have the housing records. Notice the auto records and housing records are gonna be more long-term records. So clearly you wanna put them in a folder that, that's not gonna be you know, by year, most likely. Insurance records, uh, investment records, and then retirement and estate planning records, which might be a more long-term thing, of course, and have its own folder as well. So how long to hold records? So then the question is, well, if I got a whole, this is a lot of stuff. How long do I need to hold these types of things? Well, generally, these are just some general kind of rules. The birth certificate, wills, social security information, those things you're going to want to hold permanently. Uh, personal property, investment kind of stuff. Usually you want to hold them at least as long as you have the investment information and personal property and possibly some years after that uh, point in time. And then purchases of sale of real estate. Usually, even if after you sell the real estate, you probably want to hold on to that because it's such a large uh, financial transaction that if any problems happen with it, you want to make sure that you have the, the records to go back to it. Notice that oftentimes there's a tax impact and the IRS can come back three to seven years depending or any time if depending on the circumstances. So you so because it could have a tax impact too, you, you would want to hold on to it for some time possibly indefinitely. <laughs> so tax return and supporting data. The IRS usually has a statute of limitations of like three years, but really they can come back pretty much anytime they want to, because if the if the problem was large enough or they or they argue that there was intention in the tax uh, being misrepresented, then they might have a longer time or indefinite time to come back. So you I would I would go from seven, seven to ten on the tax returns. So safe deposit box. Now you might want to put some of the stuff into a safe deposit box in case the house burns down or something like that, or you get robbed or something like that and someone steals your, your valuables and whatnot. So you got to have the information, possibly birth certificates, marriage, wills, death certificates, citizenship and military uh, papers, adoption, custody papers, serial numbers, and photos of valuables. So you have different valuables in the home if you have insurance on them, 
then you might want to, you know, just have a list of them and, and have pictures of them so you can verify th those in case of some disaster happening. Uh, mortgage papers and titles, list of insurance policy numbers could be useful to have in one place. Again, if the house burns down and your insurance, you know, you don't have any of the numbers, a lot of the stuff can be stored online too. So you might have an, another access to it, which you didn't have in the past, meaning if it's on your computer and your hard drive burns down, well, then now you got to, it's going to be kind of a problem to recompile it. But if you've got some secure online storage these days, then you can store some of the stuff that's outside and hopefully still be secure. And if something burns down, you have access to it. You might want coins and collectibles and uh, the safe, safe security box as well. And just in terms of your, your documents, how you might try to kind of sort them. So remember, you got you to gotta get your documents to sort them both for taxes and for financial records so you can make your financial statements from them. And then you can basically uh, you use that to make your budget and so on. So you might, under your docs folder on your computer or something like that, you might have the financial docs, which is going to be your financial information type stuff, which you might then break out, say, into permanent and temporary. And when I say temporary... I don't mean that we're going to throw them away temporarily, but I mean, it's basically year by year. You might sort these then in terms of years, whereas over here, these are more permanent files. So it doesn't make sense to sort them by year. And and you want to, if they are, when you're looking at the stuff that's sorted by year, you're going to have a lot of information. If you're saving like bank statements every month, then of course you can have 12 bank statements in there. It's going to start to compile into a lot of stuff. If you don't start to subcategorize your folder, meaning if you just, like a lot of people do, I do this sometimes, you know, you just download everything on your desktop. Well, your desktop's going to get quite bloated after a while. If you just put everything into one folder, same thing's going to happen. So typically this stuff that's going to have a lot of information coming in, you want to sort by year. And then within the years, then, then you can sort by like tax records, bank records, you know, investment records, bookkeeping, information records on this side. And then on the permanent side, this is stuff that shouldn't be compiling all the time, meaning you're not going to have new records flowing in all the time on the permanent side. These are things that are going to be lasting for a longer period of time. And that might be something like the actual bookkeeping software. So notice when I say bookkeeping statements over here, like the financial statements possibly, those are things that you would create possibly monthly. But the actual software that you're using that's storing all of your, you know, your data might be a more of a permanent thing. And you might want, you know, locate that on a permanent file. Uh, large purchases like like the car or boat or homes and stuff. Obviously, those are things that you want, you know, on a permanent, a permanent record of you're not going to store them. You don't want to have to go back and say, well, when did I purchase that boat? You know, which year was it in? I got to look up the right year that it was in or whatnot. No, you'd rather have like large automobiles purchases homes as large purchases that uh, that you can have in a different place typically long-term loans so loans that are going to impact more than one year again you don't want to say hey I, I took out a loan that's a 30-year loan or five-year loan and i stored it under whatever year i happened to take out the loan no you're going to want it in the long term because it's you're going to be dealing with it for a while and then uh, business formation information. So if you, for like tax records, if, if you make a sole proprietorship or if you've got tax numbers related to your business that, you, that you're dealing with, that you, that you had to get an EIN number or something like that, or if you're a partnership or something like that, if you have an S corporation, then that type of stuff is going to impact more than one year. And once again, you don't want it just in the year that you formatted, you formatted the business. You want to have that information available to you whenever you need it in the permanent file.